Hey, this is Chris and Jan Woodruff, and you are listening to the Hindsight Podcast, where we sit down with people and we take a look back at what we can learn from a very specific season in their life. While we're sitting here and it's fall, officially. It is official. As of September 22nd or somewhere in that range. I believe so. Leaves are starting to fall. However, it is still 80 degrees in Atlanta. Yeah, it doesn't feel like fall here. We came away from a weekend where it felt like fall. We were up in the mountains and uh, we experienced some cool 70s during the day and some... I think we even touched on some 50s at night. Yeah, it was awesome. It was lovely. We love the fall weather. Yeah, so if you're wondering why my voice sounds a little extra deep and I sound like a serious radio rock DJ, it's because we've had a really full weekend. It was an awesome weekend. We had a really awesome fundraiser slash donor weekend that we did for Lighthouse, and um, we're coming off of that. So a little tired, but full of a lot of joy and um, just great community. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Loved it. Um, so we're jumping in this week, um, well, not this week, but this month, with uh, the Pearsons. Right. And I'm excited. They, um, Elizabeth Pearson is someone who I've heard about for several years through different friends of mine. And they're like, of course you know Elizabeth. And I'm like, no, I don't know Elizabeth. And we were always about one degree of separation from meeting. And then, as you'll find out, they have eight children. So our boys... We're in middle school together, mm. and I'm certain we'll have another one or two kids that overlap. But they were just a great choice when we were thinking through some different family dynamics. And um, I've heard her speak. She's got a passion for speaking to women and challenging women. And um, they do some great things with their parenting. And we thought that it would really be cool for y'all to hear that, especially managing a dynamic of children ages 19 through 8. Yeah. So they have a couple different stages. So if you don't have middle schoolers or high school, I'm certain she'll talk to you about elementary school. Yeah, it all ties together. This is one of the um, this is one of the great podcasts for us that really spans all the different age groups. So so many parents can get so much out of this. Whether you've got kids in high school, middle school, elementary school, mm-hmm. everything we talk about really touches on every dynamic. Right. And uh, and so it's great. And uh, and these have been folks that we, like Jan have said, have heard about. I've mostly just heard of the last name uh, in the sports leagues. You know, you just hear because they've got four boys mm-hmm. uh, that have been in all the parks that we've been in and now in the schools. And, you know, Ty's played um, ball with one of them. I've heard right. others' names called at the yeah. high school football games. And so it's a name we were familiar with, but just didn't get to guess. And uh, many of our friends use David as their dentist. That's right. His family <laughs> dentist. And I'd heard about it from there, too. Well-rounded family. Definitely, um, you will enjoy their enthusiasm. They're a super fun couple to sit with. I love so many things that they talk about. Um, You know, the the entitled child and how not to um, encourage that. They have some wonderful principles that you may be surprised about, but I think are fantastic for helping us raise really healthy, independent children. Yeah, we've already taken a few things and literally already applied them, uh, and it's been. It's I think feel like we've done that though with every podcast. Like, oh my gosh, we, that, a, we need to do that. But we that's take, what we want. Yeah, we want to uh-huh. take one or two things and implement it, and that's why we do this. Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been super so. helpful. So we're going to join in here with our first episode with David and Elizabeth. 
Well, here we are. We're sitting down with David and Elizabeth Pearson. And I laugh because we've been one degree of separation from you guys for many years. Yeah. And um, the couples that we've previously have interviewed, we've known a little bit longer. And so we're excited really to get to know you even more closely through this conversation and then also learn about your parenting. So thank you for all being here. And we're glad that our circles have connected us in so many ways that we actually get to meet you in person. Give us a high-level look into your family. How did you guys meet? Tell us about the Pearsons. Yeah. Well, we're glad to be here. Um, we uh, have been married 20 years coming up in just a few days. So it's, awesome. uh, it's been a fast uh, time for us. We've got <laughs> eight kids uh, that range from 8 to 19 and uh, four boys and four girls. Mm. So it's a cool balance. You couldn't yeah. plan it any better. I yes. know. Is it, did God work it out where it's boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl? Not know? quite no. like that, but very close. Oh, not okay. quite. We were rooting for all boys. Yes, we were. <laughs> <laughs> all boys, but we didn't get them. Uh, and we're right. grateful for the four yes, boys. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But uh, so, yeah, it's got two boys, a girl, and then. A boy, a girl, girl, boy, and a girl. So, got, and no staggered. multiples, right? Yeah. No multiples in no, there. No, we have some Irish twins, but no multiples. Okay. So, okay. wow. God bless you guys. That's yes, just, I love it. Whew, jumped right in. Yes, My we goodness. did. So you've got one in, that's nineteen. So they're in college, mm-hmm. and you said two boys, then a girl, the girls, girl. right? So oldest is a boy. He's in college. Right? Freshman yeah. at Georgia. Uh, freshman at Georgia. All right, go dogs. That's right. Um, and then you, that means then you got a senior. Boy and then the girl. Yes. Okay. So you've got one in college, the rest are high school and then middle school and then two in elementary. Two in elementary. So we got three. Okay, this is great. Man, there is probably a lot. Yeah, we're going to get a lot of good stuff. We might have to go away for the weekend and just (laughs) kind of unpack all of this. I think that's our new podcast format. Yeah, I'm just so interested in learning, you know. What are you learning with the 19 and what, 17 maybe? 18. 18? 17. 19 and 18 year old. And then knowing you've got elementary, like, what are you learning? They're like, okay, this really worked. This did. Let's see what we can adjust. You've got a lot of room to adjust. We do. I, yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm going to be curious. But are you we'll awake? Get to that. That's the key thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's adjustment. Is it just survival? I know. It is true. There's a lot of survival, but also it's funny because you get so used to parenting a certain age, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, I'm doing a really good job with this eight-year-old, but he's 10, you know, because right. it just happens Switches. so quickly that Absolutely. you're constantly having to adjust. Now, where then, did, oh. No, I was going to say, and then you can make the adjustment from, okay, this whole parenting teenager thing is just frustrating right now. I'm going to go hang out with the elementary school kids. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with teenagers me. right now. Like I'm going to go back to the little ones because I know they really like me and they like hanging out and I don't want to hang out with them right now. <laughs> They're so, so much easier. <laughs> we just had an interesting moment few weeks ago where three of our old or the oldest three were gone on a mission trip and so the five that were left at home none of them could drive oh gosh and so it was like this moment where we had a sense of control again <laughs> oh, which wow. was a kind of a neat feeling yeah, yeah. <laughs> feeling out of control sometimes yeah with the older three so. yeah i can imagine wow that's that's um that's crazy to think. All the drivers were gone. I know. Yeah, that changes your whole dynamic. Oh, I know. And he thought it was great because we had control again. And I'm thinking, <laughs> we don't have a driver. Yeah, I know. I have to drive All the carpooling. Right? I'm doing everything. I That's can't right. send anyone to the store. It's nope. me. Now, are you all from Georgia? Or where I are you from? I grew up here and okay. down in Dunwoody and, and lived here all my life, so. That's I grew right. up in Lakeland, Florida. Okay. It's right between Tampa yeah. and Orlando. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. And how did you guys meet? We met on a blind date. Oh. And I went to elementary school with a girl that I had not seen since I was um, probably eight or nine. And I ran into her when I was in my mid-20s. And she said, I want you to meet my brother-in-law. And I said, 
oh, that's great, but I don't even really know you anymore. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you're going to set us up. And she's like, he's amazing. She's like, he lives in Atlanta. And I said, oh, I am a small town girl. I do not want to move to Atlanta. I was like, strike one. And she said, well, he's 30. I said, 30? I was like, he is so old. <laughs> and then she said, well, he's a dentist. And I was like, strike three. I'm out. I, she's like, what do you mean? And I said, I have never been to a dentist that I like. So, <laughs> so but I will say we met in the end of February and we were engaged by May and married wow. in September. Wow. I thought we got married fast. That's great. It was I quick. love that. I love the short engagement. Um, you but know. I love, great job overcoming the three. I know, <laughs> I mean, right? Little did you know you went into this with everything against you. <laughs> you did. And then lo and behold, you went her over. So um, you must have done something special. You did a good job. Now, That's had you guys great. talked about the dynamic of the family that you had hoped for? What? I had grew up as one of four. And so I kind of thought that was a... A decent size, yeah. and but I was, you know, very open to a larger family. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth had some more set ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. When I was five years old, my grandmother read me the book Cheaper by the Dozen. Mm. I love that. I love it. I love that book. I, I love the movie, oh, <laughs> the first and the second. I, everything about it, everything about it. But the reason she read me the book was because Mrs. Gilbreth was her college professor the mom. And after her husband died, she went back to college and she became a professor and she was my grandmother's college professor. I didn't know it was a real story. Oh, like for real. real, Yes, it's a real story. Based on a real story. And so I decided, oh my goodness, I'm going to have 12 kids. This is so great. (laughs) This is amazing. So after after college, I decided that I was going to write out all the things I wanted in a husband. And so I wrote them all out and I had 23 things and the top of my list was somebody that wanted a very, very, very large family. So on the first date, I said to him, I wasn't going to scare him off or anything, but I said, tell me about your family. And he, and he said that they had three boys and a girl, which is the same as my family. I said, um, well, what did you think about growing up with four? I said, did you like that? He said, oh, I loved it. He's like, I wish there would have been more. And I was like, yes, Jane. Yes. So I didn't say anything then, but, yeah. um, but then I had one and I thought, this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but then it kind of just evolved from there. But after, um, after we had seven, I thought I'm I'm finished. My body cannot. She had really rough pregnancies. Yeah, so. wow. wow, I did, and I said we're we're finished. I can't do this, but I just knew that I knew that I knew in my heart we were supposed to have one more. Oh, yeah. mm. and I fought it and I fought it and I can't tell you how I fought it and I didn't say anything to anybody. And one day, I finally said, Lord, if you want me to have one more child, I said you're going to have to speak audibly through somebody else because I just don't want to be pregnant again. Yeah. And I'm sitting at Joint Venture Ballpark, Mm -hmm. and my son is playing baseball, Josh, Mm -hmm. and my daughter comes skipping up to me, and I'm on the top row. She said, Mom, guess what? And I said, what? I turned around and looked at her, and she said, you're going to have another baby. And she skipped off. And I started crying on the oh, top row of the bleachers. And I said, Lord, she's only nine. What does she know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I just kind of kept that in my heart. And I didn't say anything wow. to anybody. And so I finally said, Lord, I said, if I'm going to get pregnant, you're going to have to speak through David. Because yeah. I know that he would never want me to go through that right, again. Right. Because he'd seen it firsthand. Right. And he came to me one day and he said, I've got to talk to you. I said, it just feels strongly that the Lord wants us to have one more baby. And I just started crying. I was like, wow. really? 
Darn it! I mean, yes, yes that is exactly right. But that is exactly why there is a, a three-year gap between our seven and eight. The all the others were all stair step, yeah. right. and then there's this three-year gap um, between those two. And I just think, Lord, like if I just didn't resist you, I would have been three years younger, <laughs> had three years more energy. I mean, we'd be you know further into this. You'd be but, that uh, much closer to being an empty nester. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. That's but funny. I was stubborn. stubborn. I felt like that with our third with Rena. The boys came very quickly. I was older when we got married, and so we kind of had to crack them out. And so when it came time to get pregnant with Rena, it just took longer. We were doing all the same measures and all that stuff, but we didn't want to ever go fertility because we were blessed with the two we had, but we always wanted a bigger family. And I felt the same exact way. I was like, I know, please remove this because the doctor was like, you really are going to have like a very slim chance that you can get pregnant naturally. And so, long story short, we just had kind of resolved the fact that, say, let's just try a couple more months, and if nothing happens, we'll adopt. And that next month, I was pregnant. It was crazy, but I I know that gut, where you're kind of like battling with the, you know, everyone's saying no, and then your body or your mind saying yes, and yes. That's exciting, and they're all blessings. They're really sweet. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for sharing just a little bit. That mm-hmm. helps you get everybody a little bit of context of who you guys are and a little bit more about your family, which I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about as we keep talking. Um, first thing we want to jump into is really just kind of foundational, thinking through all the different things you've done from a foundational perspective, maybe principles or even like foundational like family rules. But what kind of things did you guys put in place? And maybe have you even adjusted as you've grown from the one to two to three? Maybe you started with this and then we've added this from getting to eight. But what kind of foundational things did you guys do? to really um, set the tone that's helped you guys now that you've got middle and high schoolers? First of all, I just want to say this. As he said, thank you for having us. But I also want to say I just love that y'all are doing this. And the reason I love it so much is because none of this material, anything that we have ever learned um, that we implement, it's not ours. It's just recycled material because we've had people that we've sought out and said, hey, can you help us? We've never had children before. We don't know what we're doing. And with each new stage, we're constantly reevaluating, hey, this Mm -hmm. child is different than this child. So just when we thought that we had it down with the two boys, our next, you know, the third one is a girl. She's totally different. So we're constantly (laughs) seeking um, counsel and advice from people that are older than us and are just a little further down the road. So that's why we love the, uh, what y'all are doing. But the biggest piece of advice I would say that we got is um, from some mentors of ours that have 12 children. Oh my goodness. And mm. they That's are awesome. amazing, amazing family. But they said, when they're young, be as consistent as you possibly can with your d- discipline. And we're big John Roseman fans, and he's always clear, concise, and consistent. Mm-hmm. But even if you take away the clear and concise, and you're just consistent, you say what you mean, you mean what you say, and you yes. absolutely follow through. Yeah. If you can do that in hard, you know, hard core nonstop when they're young, then all of a sudden you just can take off the reins as they start to get in middle school and they start to get in high school. You can take off the reins. My children will tell you that they have, or our children will tell you that they have fewer rules than any of their friends. Yeah. Because they learn so early on and and know how things are run in the home. Boundaries. Yeah. They know that there's boundaries. There's boundaries and they know that we're going to follow through. Yeah. With whatever the, you know, the consequences. Yeah, I was just saying that we had a situation that just recently happened as, as much as this past weekend. And yeah. so the hard part about being a parent is having to be consistent because we miss out. You know what I mean? Um, and I think oftentimes, and I, I think about families, <clears throat> I've got women in my life that are younger that I'm pouring into that have littles. And I'm like, you have to stay the course. 
Absolutely. And it's no fun because it's easier. It's an easy job to be a parent that just gives in. Because you don't have to resist your child. You don't have to battle with a spouse or whomever. But I 100% see that because we have seen it when our kids were little, and now we're seeing it play out as a, when they're middle school, high school. We still have a little nudging to do because they, they know, oh, my gosh, they're going to follow through. Well, the hardest oh. part for me That's was exhausting. being consistent <laughs> when you didn't know the outccome of the result. Right. Meaning that, is this working? Right. Yeah. Are we doing the right thing? Right. And so now, you know, with some of our children that are older, you know, we can see a little bit of that fruit. Yeah. Um, which is, you're but, right. It takes a couple years for you maybe to materialize. But when you're in the thick it. of it, oh, it's hard. I know. You know yeah. To, you're being consistent just for consistency's sake. Yeah. You, you're gambling. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> man, I hope this works. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But absolutely. that's, I, I mean, that is so true. And I, I wish I could say, so those of you listening, they're talking about how important it is I wish I could say we were that consistent with being Mm -hmm. consistent that's one area we look back and go I wish we would have done this a little bit more not that we're out of control now but I can see where it would have made more of a difference so I think that's huge that you share that because there's a lot of folks listen they have that opportunity to start that now with establishing it so when they get into these middle school and high school years you know you've set the tone then there's boundaries we had it it, this weekend was hard we (sighs) We were in jail. Yeah. We, we had to <laughs> our put kids in were a, in jail. And we're like, see, we're in jail too. But all the, outside of it, though, we are teaching them their boundaries. Yeah. And there are just things that are right and wrong. And if they're not going to agree with that, there's going to be consequences. Put, and, it a, put a punishment in place and you sit there and go, I, but I don't want this punishment to be in place. I, like we, had, we, put, we pulled away the, um, this last weekend was like homecoming for football. And the way the night went and the day went, it just didn't get there. It's like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. It's, it's off. We're not going. And that's nobody. Like, that's even the one that's in high school, the one that's in eighth grade that wants to go, and his friends are going to be there. And it's like, I'm sorry, guys. It's not happening. I'm sitting there going, this stinks. We were both so <laughs> bummed. We're like, I want to go. Scissors. Which of us can leave the house? And, uh, <sighs> and it was such a bummer because it was one of those where we're like, well, maybe we just flex on this one. And maybe we just say, oh, no, you just go do this instead. I was like, nope. Mm-mm. We laid it down. This was the deal. We got to stick with it. Yeah. You got to be consistent. And it's like, oh, I this parenting you. stinks. I commend you for that, though, because most people do. They cave. They don't want the meltdown. They don't want to have to deal with the aftermath. They don't want to be punished themselves. Right. You don't want to miss out. Oh, you don't want to miss out. So many people have mm-hmm. that. And it's just so easy. But to say, you know, just this one time, we'll cave or we'll give in or make a different punishment. But even that, just teaching the kids. It just teaches them there's that option. It's deferred. Absolutely. And the more consistent you can be when you're younger, the more consistent you can be uh, when they're younger. They understand that hey, they mean business. Mm -hmm. And I keep telling people that have younger children, my friends, that I'll say, listen, it's one thing for them to say something at five that might be kind of cute and funny, a little bit sassy. But if you do not nip that in the bud and are not consistent with it now, when they're 15, when they're saying something that's kind of funny, but it's a little bit sassy or inappropriate or disrespectful, it's too late. You're right. It's too late. So if you can just stay the course when they're younger Mm -hmm. and it's hard... But at the same time, they don't realize it. We didn't realize it, and we are certainly not perfect and did not get it right. But it's easier to stay consistent when you're younger than when you have all the different activities and the moving parts. Absolutely. So that was, for us, hands down the biggest. I love that. I think that's a great great foundation um, for folks that have those kids that are going to lead into an easier, not a simple. Oh, absolutely. Right? Mm -mm. Um, But an easier 
you know, teenage years. Tell me a little bit, and this is something I'm thinking about. We now have a three-year-old, so there's an eight-year gap between our youngest and our foster son. And so our kids are now seeing kind of how you rear a child, right? Yeah. So they're seeing how the manners, it's the mantra, please, thank you, please, thank you, please, thank you, may I? Has that, with you guys, obviously because you have kids in different stages, has that for your older kids maybe been a benefit for them to see how you're raising your smaller kids impacted their behavior? Does that make sense, how I'm asking it? I think so. I think it has a little bit, but it's funny because they, because just being a little bit older, they feel like they also have the right to help parent the younger ones. Like, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't, you know, act that way or... Please say thank you to Mrs. So and So. You know when so you're I'm like they listen. That's yes, good. that's right. <laughs> They're listening and and they see it. But what's interesting to what you said, and then also to what David said about you know you don't know if it's really working. And this season that we've been in has been kind of difficult for us. We were talking about this summer. We have those in college, those in high mm-hmm. school, those in elementary that we're still really rearing and, and disciplining and training up. But then we kind of have the in between middle school mm-hmm. that they're not. They can't drive, they're not independent, but yet they're yeah. too big for play dates, and so yeah. they're kind of stuck, <laughs> and so we're in these different seasons, but it was a huge, just a blessing that we got this this summer when our oldest said to us, when he went off to college, he just said, I just want to say thank you, mm. and oh. we said, for what? And he said, and he's a man of few words, <laughs> and he said, for parenting me the way you did, because I know I fought it, because I was the one that you parented different than all of my friends, all of our peers. Mm. He said, but now that I'm in college and I look at these other you know, kids my age, they are incapable, they're disrespectful, they can't do anything for themselves. He said, I just want to say thank you. So okay. it was like this glimpse and he yeah. sees us still being, yeah. you know, tried and true with the younger ones mm-hmm. because we were still in those child rearing ages with them. That's awesome. That's um, very, very good. I, it was that's, a gift. that's one of those where you just hope for, that's so cool that he would share that. You know, because uh, you don't know when you're going to hear it, oh, or if ever, or ever, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it was a shock coming from this Especially one. Especially from him. <laughs> he is a, a. If y'all are familiar with the temperaments, he is a deep navy blue, oh. melancholy, mm-hmm. very deep, deep words, blue. deep like navy blue, deep blue. And uh, so it was a, it was a gift for sure. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what else can you think back? Um, foundational principles, or even even if you're speaking to like any core values or things that you just had, like, like this is our family mantra. Like Pearson or, isms. Yeah. Do you want to share that one that are yeah. tried and true? Yeah, we have three things that we have tried to impart to them and um, and make it part of a, a core value for them. And some of these are are going well, and other ones uh, we haven't seen the fruits just yet. But, uh, <laughs> One was to um, to know, love, and serve God. That was the, mm-hmm. the first thing that we tried to emphasize, and and then you know, secondly, was to seek joy in what they do, whatever that might be. You know, from from sports, hobbies, to careers, to friendships, um, and then the third thing was to stay close to each other as siblings. Um, yeah. And. That's the the one I, you know, you don't see that fruit just yet, but, you know, I'll have, you know, a patients of mine that have maybe been a part of a large family and to hear them talk about the relationships that they have now with their siblings uh, as they're older is just touching. And, right. Yeah. And so I just pray and hope that, you know, someday that'll be the same, you know, for our kids because we have a few that, that butt heads and, sure. um, and some that get along great with everybody, but... Uh, that's uh, 
that's something that I'm hoping for. We definitely have some oil and you know water that just don't mix, and then there's those that naturally gravitate towards sure. each other, as you will in any situation. Yeah. Yeah. But but even just recently, um, we had our second son blew out his ACL playing football, and it was devastating to him. But to watch his siblings mm. rally around him and how much it hurt them and how much you could just see how much they loved him yeah. and, and hated seeing him hurt. Yeah. But our son from college, as soon as he hurt, he got in the car and drove here, wow. and they just wept. Yeah. And so, no, we don't see it always, but you get these little glimpses. It's just like, gosh, we just want them to yeah. stick together. Are there things that you do? that help to foster that? Like, are there tangible things that someone listening going, okay, that sounds awesome. I want that too. How do I do that with my kids? Is there anything you can think of, little things that you practice in the home or, or you do as a family that help to encourage and foster that within them? Some of it is positive, and I would say some of it is even negative reinforcement for instance, when uh, they're in trouble, like we're creating memories all the time, whether, like I said, even it's not necessarily like, oh, we're on vacation, but it's like, you know what, y'all were not getting along. And so today y'all have a chore together that is an all day chore. And it is the two of you. And you will look <laughs> back so on great. this in 10 years, That's That's great. the day that you were in the woods cleaning out or cleaning <laughs> yeah. out the garage or whatever it might be. So we try to foster, you know, one on one time with them or smaller groups <clears> and, and just, just memories really. Um, can you think of anything? And I do laugh, though, that making them do things together. One time she took two of the smaller ones who were really butting heads and, and put them in one of my T-shirts. And uh, they did their chores together, literally together. But, um, I think I even wrote on the T-shirt the get-along shirt. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Obviously, they were young enough they could both fit in it. But that's right. hilarious. That but, uh, is definitely, I can see somebody's going to do that. It. That's great. Right. <laughs> well, I love the idea. What comes to mind for us is that we still, even though the kids are getting more independent and have their friends, we still guard our family time. And it could be in you know, a Wednesday night or whenever there's an opportunity for us to be collectively together. It could be having dinner at the table. It could be there's a sports show on that we're going to watch or a movie or even if we're just sitting yeah. in the backyard and we're throwing the ball to the dog. There is something about all of us being in the same place at the same time for a period that to me is priceless when I look over periods of years where we've done that. Oh, absolutely. It is priceless and you can't get it back. And so you mentioned, you know, sitting at the table, that is something that we value um, immensely. I can't yeah. even tell you, obviously having 10 people, it's expensive to go out to eat. So <laughs> we very rarely go out to eat. So we eat at home, mm-hmm. I would say seven nights a week <laughs> and, and they know that. And so there was a season where we had three boys that were playing football at Sharon Springs Park. And between the three of them, we had practices Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and three games on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not okay with y'all being at the park and me being at home with the others and us not being together. So for that entire football season, do you remember this? Oh, yeah. (laughs) This entire... We would eat pizza in the bullpen uh, (laughs) got the field. I I got so creative. We we had a picnic five nights a week as a family. What a great memory, though. Oh, absolutely. To me, that's awesome. And I got very, very creative with, you know, how you can make hot dogs and put them in foil and then put them in a cooler to keep them warm because we got so tired of the same meals, but it's hard to bring food to the ballpark. But we did that five nights a week that entire football season just to guard wow, that time as a that's family. That's great. I love it. That's awesome. I, I love think that. so often families right now, everybody is taking their kids somewhere outside of their home. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be really great to challenge people to say, what are you doing inside your home? Yeah. What are you doing intentionally 
that makes being at home great instead of like, oh my gosh, we've got to escape. Like, I'm all for going to the park and getting out of your walls yep. when you need it, no mm-hmm. doubt. Because I remember being in the zone and I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. But I have to say that when we make fun things, like we have a Valentine's, um, it just started when he and I dated, Chris and I dated, and it's become this 18-year um, tradition that we do heart-shaped pizza. Oh. And so our kids grew up doing our tradition. And so that's really like one of the things that we're at home and they're like, are we, which pizza are we having? And are we going to make cookies? Are we going to get flowers? Are we going to have a red tablecloth or whatever the case might be? Simple, right? Oh, and and the, the simple ones, I think, are the ones that you remember the most. Absolutely. I mean, it didn't cost us a thing at the park. And I love right. the idea of being inside the home. Another one I just thought of when you said that was on Sundays, we have what's called TED Talk Sundays. And it's not always a TED Talk, but we just call it that for the lack yeah. of whatever. But it might be a podcast that we've seen or mm-hmm. an actual TED Talk or a video right. or inspirational something. Yeah. And so Sunday night after dinner, we all sit as a family and we watch whatever it is and then we discuss it. So we do that on Sunday nights. That's I great. Like that. I love that. So fun. I love how you just, because there's, I don't think it's, it's good to say, okay, you know, we've got this many kids and we're, we've got activities. Well, we're just going to stop doing activities, oh. right? Because they're going to be involved. We want them to be involved. They need to be involved in stuff, extracurricular outside. I love how you look <laughs> at it and go, okay, how do we then stay involved and we take the family to that, right? Because it's really easy to say, oh, well, well we're going to be in 10 different places. So we're just not going to sit together and have dinner. Um, but you guys, you figure out, I love how you think of that. How do you figure out how to have dinner knowing you're at the park every single night of the week yeah. and taking it to the park and doing it? I think that's just a great idea. I love how you, the creative and just looking at how we make it work. So. Yeah, we had a lot of people talk to us with travel sports, you know, and they yeah. were pretty much preaching against them and all the, the negatives. And, um, and I could go both ways on that, yeah. you know, but it was one that... Um, you know, it was something that was, I think, good for the kids and it was good for the other siblings to come watch um, mm-hmm. and be a part of and um, and to root on each other, yeah. you know? And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Be involved, pay attention, be attentive to whatever your sibling Be a fan in. of them for, uh, yeah. a, for, a, for a period. Yep. Absolutely. That's huge. And that kind of ties into the just stay close to your siblings. I mean, because if you are a fan of them, then, you know, you have more of an interest in them. Yeah. So with um, four and four, how are you guys navigating individual time with your kids? Because that's important. Tell us a little bit about like father-daughter relationship or father-son relationship and vice versa with you, Elizabeth. Are there things that maybe you guys do that are intentional? Maybe you learn from the family of 12 on how to be intentional with each of your kids as well as the specific gender. Yeah, one of the things that, um, I forget how long we started it, or I started it, but um, I've taken each one of the kids, so far I've done six, I think, uh, on a, a special trip hmm. somewhere, and it could be anywhere from, you know, went to Washington, D.C. with one of them, and just got back this summer from going to Yellowstone with our oh, 13-year-old wow. daughter. Love Yellowstone. Um, and so it's a unique time yeah. where you're just the two of you, you're doing something different, you're away from mm-hmm. everybody else, uh, and it's a time where they get to to feel special. And um, Is there an age specifically, well, or know, is it just works out? It hasn't. I started from the top and worked <laughs> our way down, but when I did the oldest one he was probably five or six mm-hmm. um and we went to washington dc and yeah and that was what he loved it. he loved it wow and that's cool then you know, had a little gap for a while and i think in the last this year i took our 
third son and our third daughter on trips. Okay. Uh, so there have been some gaps, but... Yeah. Uh, Another thing that he does that I just absolutely love, he's constantly asking people to, like, just, it, it is, it's a lot. How, he's like, I'm at work all day. How do I give the time and attention that each of these, you know, children need? And right. he uh, has a patient that had many, 12 children or mm-hmm. older man, much older man. And he said, how did you do that? Like, how did you do it? And he gave him this advice and he took it to heart. And he, it is the truth, the absolute truth. But he said, don't ever leave your house without one child. (laughs) I love that. He does. He goes to Home Depot. He has a child in the car. He goes to run, get gas. He has a child in the car. It doesn't matter. Dunkin' Donuts, like wherever he's going. Somebody's going going with. Somebody's going with them. Just one. Because there's great quality time in the car. Oh, absolutely. There's something about it. And and especially for the boys and the girls, of course, always long to be with their dad. Like Mm -hmm. just can't wait to get in the car with them. But for the boys, you know, boys communicate and dialogue side by side, Mm -hmm. whereas girls like to sit across the table from each other, which is why the guys belly up to the bar, you know, (laughs) girls want a booth. That's right. That's such a great picture. I love it. It is Uh true. And so, you know, like when you can lie down in bed with them at night, side by side, the boys are going to open up more. And so when he can get Mm. a boy in the car, that's when they're just going to start, you know, it's a good sharing. Good roll of thumb. That's great. I love it. Everybody, yeah, always having someone jump in the car with you. Mm -hmm. That's one of those I will apply immediately. That Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. I That's feel great. so guilty, though, because I'm like, can you stay at home with everyone? So I can just I just want to be alone in the car. I just want to be alone. I want to get something done. I want to be productive. <laughs> exactly. And actually shop without being tugged on, That's asked to buy this. I tried to convince her the grocery shopping should be done that way, but she hasn't bought into that. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. That's great. I love that. Very cool. What else from a um, father-daughter, father-son, mother-daughter, maybe mother-son? Uh, another thing I've thought of is um, this couple that mentors us that has the mm-hmm. 12 children, and they're huge uh, <clears throat> believers in studying your children, mm. and whether it's love language, um, temperament, you know, Enneagram, I mean, you, you know, just name it, whatever it is that you can study. And so we've really done that. We are not fair at all in our home. Tell, <laughs> I mean, every, anybody that's been in our home for any amount of time knows that if we hear the word fair, we say fair is just a place where you go to get cotton candy. <laughs> There's no such I'm gonna thing. I'm going to use that too. I love There's this. There's no <laughs> such thing as fair. So um, with the love languages, if he travels, which he doesn't travel much, we have one that has the love language of gifts. And so he's going to come back with one gift. Mm-hmm. I have some that are daughters that are quality time quality time and it's not even (laughs) on my chart and I have to make sure that hey I'm going to give quality time to that child and so just because it's you know eight of them it doesn't mean that we're going to give the same things to each one but there are those that really need more mom time there's some that really just crave dad time we have one daughter that is physical touch and she's older now and she still wants to sit on his lap and still wants that touch every single day and then we have one that can't stand physical touch, and so the boys call her PT for you know physical touch because she can't stand it. It's like just get away from me, you know. So we try to really be students of them so yeah. that we can just figure out the time that we do have what's going to be the most beneficial. And it sounds like what's great about that too is setting the expectation with them with the whole hey it's it's not going to be fair. You are all different. And we're going to love each of you differently because of who you are. Oh, absolutely. And so mm-hmm. one's going to get this. You're not going to get it. Doesn't mean we don't love you. It means we're going to love you the way you want to be. I think even just the communication around that and the expectation, that helps right. probably incredibly. And we're going to celebrate you, like you said, for who God created you to be. But we're also going to celebrate that dad is taking this one on a trip and you're not going this time. But we're going to celebrate that 
and be a fan of that, you know, yeah. that time for that child. Yeah, that's great. I love it. So that's been a big thing. They, still, they still struggle with it sometimes. Sure. <laughs> sure. Of course <laughs> they do. But it gets around, but... comes around. Like, I mean, their time will be yeah. highlighted. And the whole thing about, um, like we talked about, just not being fair, you know, sometimes we just will drop our kids off to practice mm-hmm. and not stay just to set that tone that, hey, we can come if we can, but there's some times that we're not going to be able to. Yeah. Right. But if you set the tone that I'm going to be at every Later practice on. and every game, there's no way we can be at every game. Right. right. So we set that early, and we are going to do our best. We're going to fight to get there, and mm-hmm. we're going to cheer you on, and we're going to love watching you, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be at every, every single, single thing that you have. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know. If there's some folks out there that are listening that hear that and go, okay, well, what what do I need to dig into to learn my kids? Maybe they're not familiar. You mentioned several things like Enneagram and love, love language. Languages. And if there's like one or two, you say, hey, dig into these, start with these to learn your kids. Um, what, what would be a, a starting point for them? I would say for sure the love language is just because it's the most basic. Like if they've never done anything, that's a very simple five, you yep. know, you can choose yeah, from. I love that. You know, and then the temperament is a big one. Why are you laughing? Oh, I'm just saying I love, I like the love languages because it's the easiest. I don't have to know yeah. what all the colors mean. Right. <laughs> <All> the, <laughs> yes. Numbers. And, and they yeah. have a book designed for kids yeah. as well as they do for adults. Absolutely. And it, you can tell very early on if you're familiar, like we were oh, big yeah. proponents of the love languages when we had premarital. Mm-hmm. And so very early on we could start seeing and how it resonated with our kids. Oh, absolutely. You can see it so early. And not only can you see it, but then siblings can see it. And they start to learn relationally, you know, about each other. And the same with the colors. I mean, we had everybody's color up on our bulletin board so people could understand why they work a certain way, why they operate that way. And, hey, this one needs some space. This one needs (laughs) a little bit of silence. You know, those melancholies. So I think think any of them, just to help learn each other and relate. I I love that. Because as they're going to be going into... Other school situations, college roommates or things like that going, you know, workforce eventually that is really setting them up to be more sensitive to the personalities around them. Oh, I think that's really great. Well, I mean, you think about it, you know, people in the word of God are the only two things that are going to last forever. So I'm like, guys, this is where we're going to invest, you know, in the word and in other people. And so Mm -hmm. you can better invest when you know them. And I remember when our first daughter was younger, she was struggling at night with stomach pains and stomach aches, and it was only happening at night. And I remember talking to a lady um, friend of mine that was a little bit older, and she said, oh, just pay attention to her love language. I just wonder if she's reacting. Well, I had missed pegged her, misdiagnosed her. (laughs) And I thought she was quality time. And so I was spending all this time with her and I'd call my friend and I'd say, Hey, it's not working. Like it's gotta be like a legit stomach ache. And she said, no, I really sense that she's crying out for attention. And so we talked about it and this is our one that's physical touch. And so sure enough, we just started pouring on the physical touch that night. Never had another stomach ache again. Mm. Interesting. That's good. I think it's super beneficial. Yeah. That's great. I think those are two really good ones. So love languages and then the the, uh, the temperaments, right? And I love the Enneagram, but it is way more complex, <clears throat> yeah. you know, complex and complicated right. and the wingmans and all of that. So it's yeah. a little, little There's some really fun stuff in that. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it is it goes deep. But I think for anybody starting out, if they have a young family or even if they're in the middle of the love languages, it's the easiest to jump into. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's right. an easy read. Yep. Awesome. One more thing, and then we're going to wrap up this episode, and, and we'll cover the rest uh, in the next one. Uh, but what are some things, maybe one or two things, because we've kind of alluded to this. You've been, you know, you're at 19 down into the elementary years. Are there things that you've learned now with the oldest 
maybe three or four that you're adapting and doing different, understanding what well, even we just talked about that each kid's different, mm-hmm. right? But just from a principle and practice perspective, anything that you've identified as, okay, we did it with these four and or these three and it worked or didn't work and we're going to adjust and we're going to do it a little bit different with these. Have y'all seen anything that you've been able to learn and do different? Well, we joke, first of all, with the four and four, we have family A and family B. So like, <laughs> we didn't get it right with family A, but we're trying to get it right with family B. And when our oldest went off to college, we took him out to lunch. And typically the parents look across and like, let me give you some last minute advice. And so David looked at him and said, hey, Maxton, do you have any advice for us? And he's like, shouldn't it be the other way around? And he said, no. He's like, we still have seven other kids that we're trying to raise. He's like, can you tell us what we did right, what we did wrong? That's great. Great And he just kind of sat there and stared at us. But he laughs, of course, because we had stricter bedtimes. We had Uh all these other things that he doesn't see now. (laughs) He's like, in fifth grade, I was still going to bed at 730 or, you know, whatever (laughs) it was. And and, But for me, I would say, and and you might speak differently, but I would say not to sweat the small stuff. Yeah. I just remember when my kids were younger, I wanted a clean home. I wanted them to be clean, like not bathed <laughs> every day, but somewhat clean. And, you know, it just, just a little bit more order and structure because I desire that and I like that. And then I just had to laugh one day. It was probably our first, you know, one of our first days going to church as a family of 10. And, and I remember posting that day, you know, 20 feet are going to church, but only 19 shoes. And, <laughs> and, and I just thought, you know, before I would have been like, we got to go back and get the shoe or, you know, whatever it is, the stains mm-hmm. on them and, and all of that kind of stuff. But it's really so much less about making sure everything gets checked off and done and it's so much more about the relationship and just being together as a family. And I think some of the older ones would say that we have given family B a little (laughs) more freedom than they have. But I think we, as Elizabeth just said about not sweating the small stuff, I think for the first four that we were so focused on yeah. you know, being strict in these certain areas. And, and now we've seen where some of that stuff doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, as long as they're being responsible and, and getting things done uh, that they, you know, they would tell you that family B has a little more freedom <laughs> than they had, but, uh, or we're getting more tired. That <laughs> could be it as well. Yeah. It could be it for sure. That could so definitely be it definitely. as well. Absolutely. I think that's great. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, well, hey, that's going to wrap up episode one, and we're going to come back with you guys for a second episode and hit on some more of this stuff around just discipline and just even in the world we live in, entitlement. How does that factor in? And we'll even get into some technology, chores, activities, schedules, all that kind of stuff. So a lot more we want to get into with you guys. So you won't want to miss it. You won't want to miss it. We'll be back after this episode with a second one with the Pearsons. So one word I just got out of that, guys, um, and I'm sure you guys took this in, and if you're taking notes, you took notes, but consistent. That's the thing I wrote down. Right. Um, I love how they uh, talk about how that has, especially with eight kids, consistent, right? Yeah, and you've got to stay consistent and be consistent, but how they've gotten to see the fruit of consistency, which I think is fueling them even more to be consistent with the kids that they're now in, in elementary school. Right. Uh, but such a great message on just the importance as a parent of being consistent with your kids, especially at the early age. Yeah. The more consistent you are when they're early, the bigger the impact when they're older. And it's going to be really hard pushing the consistency when they're in their teenage years. Right. If they've not been modeled it. Right. Especially. I mean, I was just thinking we've got a puppy who's a year old. And the easy thing is just like with parenting is just let them go because they just drive you crazy. <laughs> right. But really... 
every single day, it's a mantra, please and thank you, or it's, no, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And it is exhausting from a parent side, but you do reap the benefit. And I think there's been a consistent theme amongst all the parents that we have spoken to over the last, you know, couple months that that consistency is really what rolls into the future years and benefits, sets you up for success. Absolutely. The other thing I really loved about their time, uh, it was parenting by child style. And I love this line. I've already used it. I already used it. They're not going to be fair. Fair is a place you go to get cotton candy. (laughs) I used it in places, uh, a fair is a place you go and get um, fried Oreos and you ride a Ferris wheel. But nevertheless, um, it's not (laughs) something that you you don't parent by fairness. I love that. You parent by what their style is. And and I just thought that was so important for us. Um, Just not blanket parent, but how do we parent each child individually according to what their needs are, their love languages, and, and those types and of things. And I think that's hard when you have one because you're still in the learning phase of what am I even doing. But I've seen where we have started to see that. You'll start seeing your children's personalities probably around two, two, three years old, where they will have a certain bent. You're going to have one that just wants to hold on to you and yeah. love on to you, which is the physical touch, or the other one, the quality timer, who wants to just throw a ball and just be with you all the time. And, you know, it sounds so... Simple, but it really, truly makes a difference in how your child will respond, just like it does with adults. You yeah. know, we use that as a married couple, the love languages, and that's been referenced with several other couples, but it seems to come around. And I definitely see how it plays out with our kids yeah. a lot. And you're right, sometimes it's not going to be fair because there's another child who's get it done or. Mm-hmm. But this other child needs to be redirected in a completely different way. Yeah. So much good stuff. And there's even so much more in this uh, in the second episode that's going to be coming up, guys, where we talk a lot more about uh, even a little bit of more of we, we they touched on it, you know, family A, family B. I'll get into <laughs> a little bit of that. Some of the things they've been learning and uh, and just even the, um, you know, adulting side and preparing them to be adults, raising kids to be adults, that whole thing. So, so much to come. Hey, um, if you're listening on uh, iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening, if you guys will please go out, rate, review, that helps others find us. Um, so please do that. Be sure to check out the Facebook page mm-hmm. uh, as well. We'll post some links to the books that they mentioned and folks that they mentioned as well. And uh, and we would just love to hear from you. If you've got couples you think we benefit from sitting with or questions you want to hear us uh, asking, please do that. And, uh, and we will check you guys on the next episode with David and Elizabeth. Have a great day, guys. Talk to you soon. See you.